the Jan Arden Podcast and show. It's Christmas time in a couple of weeks and we're all ready. We've got rum on our cheeks and not rum on our cheeks. <laughs> you know, songwriting comes so easy to me. Welcome. We are here with Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. They're in their respective homes. I'm here in Rocky View County, south of Calgary, Alberta. We had a windstorm here the other night. Ten minutes from me, folks. I don't understand weather. Ten minutes from me, this entire little neighborhood had about 200 trees down. My vet was showing me pictures of like giant 80-year-old fir trees across the road and people were out with chainsaws trying to help other people like get out of their homes and driveways and the power was out for like, I don't know, 15 hours. I kept talking to my pal Donna yesterday. She didn't lose one tree in her yard, but literally 30 feet from her, her friend had like five, six trees that one of them went through their little cabin, which I felt bad. Oh. It was like a homesteader's cabin from the turn of the century. Not not the last century. For you youngsters out there, <laughs> not 2000. Imagine. Yeah, 1900. So, yeah, I, I had not even a breeze here. Nothing. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's so weird when that happens, when you see I lived in Halifax for two years. And we I, when I was there, Hurricane Juan hit Halifax. And it it really did a number on the canopy on that city. Like so many old trees would go down. But you would walk through streets and there would be two enormous trees that were pulled up right from their roots. And then right next to them would be one just standing there like, hi, I, I did OK. And I know like, what's the rhyme or reason here? Why does one fall and the other stands? It's a philosophical question now, but I don't get it. Well, it, it really was strange. They're like, I hope you're OK where you are. And I'm like, well, what's going on? I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> And she's like, oh, I'll send you some pictures. But anyway, to all you folks out in Bright Creek and south of here, I um, every any little breeze that comes up now, they're all panicking. So I hope you guys are okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a chainsaw, so don't call me. Uh, I'll come and I'll bring you coffees. Oh. If you need me, that's what I'll do. Um, I bring up the storms because, interesting story that I stumbled across, uh, there was a uh, a little tavern called the Tan Hill. It was built in the 17th century, and it is the highest pub in the UK at 1,732 feet. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. It just sounded like an interesting little piece of trivia that this pub is obviously perched on a, the precipice of the United Kingdom. And um, in November, a crowd of 61 people had gathered in this pub to listen to an Oasis tribute band. And what was their name? Uh, it's No Oasis. The band's name in the story is No Oasis, which I just love. Are you, do you already know this? I love this story so much, and I'm not going to... You keep telling it. You're telling it wonderfully. But anyway, they, the, one of the worst blizzards to hit, like, traps these 61 people in this freaking pub um, for three nights. These people are trapped in a pub listening to an Oasis tribute band, which I think is better than being stuck with Oasis because I've not heard great things about either of those brothers. They're kind of dorkle balls. And, um, but yeah, three night, three night ordeal. And I'm just thinking, is there any band that you guys would like to be trapped in a small pub for three days? I mean, obviously they had nowhere to go, but it sounds like they had some pub grub. 
Um, you know, and they, they were rescued. Nobody was maimed or injured, but you know, how I, I would like to be trapped with ABBA. I'm obsessed with their new album, their new record called Voyage. Isn't this the first Grammy nomination that ABBA has received as well? I've thought I recently read that somewhere that this was like this album has somehow gotten them. I think you are correct. A monumental like Grammy nomination all these years later. Yeah. ABBA would be a great pick. It's funny that you mentioned Oasis though as being like not somebody that you'd want to be stuck in a bar with and you wouldn't for ease of living for three days. But I do think that it would like, it would digress pretty quickly. Like you would, it would become a bare knuckle boxing match between the Gallagher brothers. And I, I might enjoy that. I don't know. There's something about the chaos of that. Well, they, they would probably be really drunk unless, unless there's some story out there that they've both found sobriety or something. I just thought, what a way to go. Like, you go out, you and Kyle head out, or Adam, you and your wife head out. You're going to go to a pub night. You're going to do a little trivia, listen to a bad version of Wonderwall, or maybe a great version of Wonderwall. And all of a sudden, a storm hits, and you can, you literally, as much as you try, you're like, honey, that car ain't going down that hill. And keep in <laughs> mind, we're now 1,800 feet high. But uh, I, just, I just thought, what a debacle. Because the drunkness oh wears off at about 2 o'clock that morning and the reality sets in that you're going to be sleeping on a pub floor. Imagine that pub floor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm dog no. sitting. We can take a pause for a second. No, we don't even have Let to pause. Just... <laughs> Do you need to tend to your, your ward? Well, until I tell her to calm down, she may not. You can tell her to calm down. This is real life, folks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm dog sitting and we have a, we live in a condo and any single person that goes by for an Amazon delivery or another dog, she wants to really let you know that she is on top of it. She's there. She's going to let everyone, I, I live here. There's someone coming. Alert, alert. So that was her little alert. That's what I miss about Mitty is I don't have an alert. I have no alarm. I don't know what's going on <laughs> around here. I used to know every movement a neighbor made I'm a mile away. I'm not kidding you. It's like, a car just left uh, the road three quarters of a mile down. Alert, alert. Um, I, and I swear she knows when my husband's coming home. Like I swear uh, she knows when he's going to be home around because she starts pacing a little bit. She's only been with us for like five days. Oh, but you know what? You're really going to miss her. I know we really are. We will miss her. And then you think about, again, back to the pub, the old Tan Hill pub. What did all the pet owners do? They were stuck there for three days. No one's walking their dog. What is happening? Well, I'm hoping that... Um, you know, phone calls were able to go out over the interweb and that people <laughs> were able to alert their neighbors and, and get stuff like this. I'll tell you what, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but in my building, I have a condo in Toronto, a little crash pad. And down a couple doors down from me, there's a, a couple that have a little plaque on the door that said, we have one cat and one dog in here oh. in case of fire, in case anything else. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think one of their neighbors has been given keys maybe to get in, but surely to God, there's a master key for someone to go in and rescue pets. Oh, I would think so. I bet I, I like to imagine at least that the fire department would have their, would be able to get into your place if they needed to in case of an emergency. Well, it, it, food for thought folks. If you do live, I don't care if you're in a house, I don't care if you're in a tent, put, let somebody know you've got a pet, a cat, a dog, you're gerbil. You're, is it a, <laughs> What do you got? We have a hamster. Muffin. Muffin the hamster. He turned uh, one years old this week. Aww. You know, in some countries, that's a delicacy. I, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, no. You know, I'm vegan. I, I can't even. It's hard for me to even speak that sentence. But 
you know that how ha- I made that discovery when I was in Peru that guinea pigs heard there that. are a regular oh, no. regularly not, consumed. No. And at some point you're like, okay, well I guess if they're gonna have it, they'll 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 give it to you like it'll be a cut, let's say. It is not. It is no, the whole dang thing just sitting there on a plate and you're like, What? No. This is alarming. No. Like it's just no. visually not it's not. It is it is alarming. That's the best way for me to put it. So I'm glad. I don't know what that is in hamster years for muffin. What is one year in hamster years? Well, I'm hoping Muffin lives a, a long, healthy life, but apparently they don't live more than a couple of years. That's fair. Um, keeping with the storm, we're going to swap. We're going to get out of consuming any kind of animal product whatsoever. Um, this is something that I would like to have happen to me because it sounds fun. Uh, a, another snowstorm. There's a lot going on in the world with storms. <laughs> Trapped a bunch of customers and the staff of an Ikea to sleep overnight. <laughs> They slept in the beds, you know, normally As you do. on the display beds. They all just slept on display. I mean, what a great place to get trapped overnight in Denmark. When you did the, when you read the story about being trapped in a pub, you were like, what band would you want to hear? And then when I read it, I was like, where would you want to be trapped? Because I thought a British pub is actually not too shabby of a place to spend a couple of days snowed in. And we talked about it on the morning show and everyone said Ikea because you can have the Ikea food, you can have the Ikea beds and everything can be set up for you. It's not, it's pretty good. You know, as long as everyone follows the arrows, I'm fine with that, Caitlin, because I have an adverse very um, rageful uh, uh, response to people going against the arrows in Ikea. I don't like it. (laughs) Stick with the flow of foot traffic, people. Don't just turn around willy-nilly. Plus, you get lost that way. Now, the real question would be, what's everyone consuming in Ikea? I think, Jan, you're going to be having the mashed potatoes with the, like, the creamy gravy and then lingonberry. Yeah, I think that's right. Am I saying that right? Yeah, lingonberry. Yeah, that's the move. Yeah, well, they also serve vegan meatballs. <gasps> oh, I didn't even know I that. I keep stop serving beef. Um, they stop serving. They don't do any beef meatballs anymore. All the meatballs that uh, Swedish meatballs, all the Swedish meatballs that the IKEA serves now. Now I'm going into Italian. I was like, became Russian. Uh, <laughs> is they're vegan? They're plant based oh, meatballs. Amazing. And people eat them and they don't even have a clue. Because they're not looking up at what it says. They're just like, I'll take the meatballs and nobody knows. Yeah, if you're having meatballs in the first place, like that to me, ground meat has always seemed like the easiest possible swap for vegan anything. Because you're like, no one's eating a meatball and being like, you know what, this is this is like just, this is rib roast right here. Like it's not, you don't know what you're eating. Oh man. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Trap me in an Ikea any day or night. I love Ikea. I haven't been for a long time. I haven't been since all of this happened. So what are we talking? 22 months? Mm-hmm. Haven't been in Ikea. You guys, this I've inspired myself because I know we've got 60 seconds left in this segment. But I'm going to go to an Ikea this weekend. By the time you're listening to this, picture me in the aisles. And I am going to load up on what? A, candles. B, um, those little crazy candies that are so fantastic and those little bags that they taste like butter what's that chocolate bar butter something butterfinger butterfinger mm. only they're a plant-based butterfinger thing that you get at ikea Googling this okay anyway but i do i don't i need to get i need to get uh, candles and i usually leave there with a shopping cart filled with they've got soy candles now they've got all kinds of candles apparently 
You're not supposed to burn regular wax candles anymore. I can't even get started. It's <laughs> Listen, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about where we're at in our Christmas shopping. Which one of you guys are keeners? Somebody tells me that uh, Caitlin probably had hers done in August, but I'm going to find out. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. We'll be right back. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party. Christmas tree. Mistletoe hung where you can't see it. Welcome back to the Jan Arden Podcast and show. This is a pre-Christmas uh, wind-up. We, um, I want to find out what's going on with how you guys Christmas shop, how you prepare. I'm very unprepared right now. By the time you hear this podcast, it will be December the 5th, uh, episode 10-something or other in season one. Uh, <laughs> no one does longer seasons than us. Longer seasons. Nobody. <laughs> and we stand by that. Um, Caitlin, where are you in your... Christmas shopping preparedness. I'm nowhere and I'm going nowhere <laughs> fast, baby. Why? I am shocked. <laughs> because I'm not doing it this year. I'm over it. I don't want to do it this year. This year is I'm anti-Christmas. So I we're, we're going away. We're getting out of Dodge. And so my husband and I decided that that's the Christmas gift. Like we'll get some clothes, like, you know, but um, my dad and I have opted out of, you know, Christmas gift purchasing. We're going to get, like, I think I've talked about this before. We're going to get dim sum and go see a movie and then we're just going to hang out. And my mom is like, you know, I do not feel like going out, braving the crowds, hunting online. The gift that you want to give to everybody this year, in my opinion, is the gift of not buying anything. Like I'm just over it a little bit. So we're oh, not, bug, Caitlin. and it's not like I'm going to a holiday party this weekend. Like I'm going and doing festive things. I'm not against going to a Christmas market. I love all this stuff. It's just, I find the, the rampant stress to find the perfect gift and send it in time. And then, why does it have to be the perfect? You can give me something. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're right. You know what? This is, this is, I literally <laughs> just talked about this in therapy was it? there was like, okay, but it's good enough. You have to learn how to be happy with good enough instead of perfect. So that is a good lesson for everybody. I like getting anything. I even like getting a singing card. Oh, yes. I do like those. Yeah. I, I like a singing card. I've got one in my Christmas tree that has been there for like 10 years. Mm. I'm probably exaggerating, <laughs> but every year I open it up just to see, oh, I wonder if the singing card's still working. <laughs> and I open it up and this little elf kind of pops up and I uh, the song is um, Silver Bells. Mm -hmm. And it's still working, so it's hanging in my tree. Adam, where are you in your? You got kids, so where's your Christmas? Are they done? Is your wife done? What's happening? So we're being this week. It's we're actually in Hanukkah mode, being Jewish. I know. I, I say yes. I, I may Christmas is a broad a term for me. Well, if I may give you our perspective, so last weekend we okay. celebrated Hanukkah with with my parents and my sister's family and my two nephews. So we we celebrated with them, and we had potato latkes, which if you are familiar, potato. Do you know what potato latkes are? They're my favorite thing ever. I'm sitting on one right. Now. Okay. <laughs> I made I made them last night for dinner. Mm, they were really good. They're French. They're they looked like, great. Adam sent me a photo. They looked so good. I can send it to you, to Jan, if you want. They're fried potatoes. It's like kind of like a hash brown, sort of. Yes. I make really good uh, potato latkes. Anyway, so that was last week, and and for for Hanukkah, like presents wise, it's more like a kid kid uh, gift giving for kids. I thought you got something every day of Hanukkah. We don't do it that way. Like, I think some people okay. do get like a little trinket a day, but typically it like we didn't do it that way. We had my family's last week party. We have my wife's 
uh, family Hanukkah party uh, coming up this weekend or this weekend. And it's it's really just like gifts for the kids. Like I don't give my sister a Hanukkah gift. I don't buy a Hanukkah gift for my parents. I don't buy them for my friends. That would be weird. It's more just like give it to the kids. That being said, um, you know, I still, of course, regardless of what religion you are, I, of course, get into the Christmas spirit. Of course, the songs and the holiday cheer and the food and the festive, like, of course, I'm into it. And I love it. And it's I love this time of year. Welcome to the world. <laughs> Welcome to the world of whatever's morphed into Christmas over the last hundred years. I'm sure it, you know, started out with just getting a simple red ribbon tied onto a twig <laughs> in 1888. Exactly. And everyone was burning the Christmas trees down because of the candles <laughs> sitting in the tree. And um, yeah, we've come a long way in Christmas. One of my favorite, favorite Christmas things to watch. There's a program in the UK. It's like they take 12 people and they make them go back in time and they do like Victorian farm, Edwardian farm. And these people live there for like a year. What? And they always have a Christmas episode. Oh, that's kind of So cool. they have the Edwardian Christmas episode. They have the Victorian Christmas episode. And literally, you know, they're dying ribbons with urine. <laughs> oh my gosh. And um, they're making stuff uh, out of beef fat they're rendering it down and making somebody soap and um wrapping it in paper <laughs> left over from uh, i mean it is it was all homemade handmade gifts yeah it was all every every child got one little thing and they were thrilled with it like if they got a candy cane a candy cane there you go enjoy your day that's what you're getting. Mm. And also, you know, a nice meal. Yeah. I mean, and the- but yeah, if you get a chance to look at Edwardian Farm or Victorian Farm, I know it's on uh, BritBox or Acorn TV. Pull those specials up. It is such a great family watch. You don't have to do the whole series if you don't want to, even if you just skip to the Christmas edition. Man alive, it's so humbling to see what they used, what people kept. It was important back in the day. We've talked about hoarders on this show before too, but back in the day to keep everything and use it over and over and over again was the only way forward. So we need to kind of meet the old world halfway with how we consume things. You know, you look at a kid now that they're open, they have everything open by seven o'clock in the morning and there's 30 gifts. And I'm thinking, parents, come on, reel it in. And find some kind of a balance. Even when we were kids, our big stuff was a hockey stick. It really was. And we were so happy. I find that now, so this is why, like, I, I've just become a bit jaded about the the quote-unquote traditional Christmas now. Because it feels like it just follows this formula. And I feel like it's being thrust upon us, just kind of like Valentine's Day. So that part of it, I just let go of. Like, I don't, I'm not running around like a headless chicken to get every single person I've ever met in my life presents. That's just going to wind up in landfills. And it just, I don't know, inherently, there's something about it that kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's the expectations. I also know that it's a really hard time of year for people emotionally because we're dealing with the expectations of what you, you know, being surrounded by the loving family. That might be really hard for you. Um, And, you know, maybe you're single. Maybe you're working. Maybe you don't have enough money. Like, I think it comes, the expectations come with this flip side as well. And so I just like the freedom of doing whatever you want and enjoying 
some days off. <laughs> like that's how I feel. And you know, we get a couple stats here and hopefully you have a little bit more time that you can take off. Please just enjoy not working and don't then add a bunch of emotional labor that just depletes you even further. Just enjoy not doing anything, whatever that looks like for you. If you like to watch Elf, which I do, or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, yes. or enjoy some vegan or regular eggnog, do that. I encourage, I love all that stuff. I just, I don't like the pressure for people. And I just feel like we talk about it all the time. It's like, oh, are you going to, and then we also talk about the weird stuff around weight loss at the holidays, which is so strange. You're like, oh God, why do they bring that up? How to protect yourself. We, we, we touched on that with Meredith yeah. Shaw as saying, you know, how to protect yourself going into the holidays. I'll tell you how to protect yourself. <laughs> Put on some elastic pants. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wear anything with a button. Let's let's start there. You're not supposed to diet during the holidays. Like yeah. diet later, diet after. Like if I'm having a festive meal, I want give me all the carbs, all the fat, all the sugar, all the salt. Give it all. Who doesn't want to go to somebody's house and see the pot of gold dark chocolate assortment mm. box open on a table and right next to it a vat of homemade nuts yes. and bolts? Yeah. It's like, it's the joy sucking stuff that drives me a bit. So that's, that's when I say, uh, I'm done with it this year. I don't have the emotional bandwidth. I'm over it. I'm like going for dim sum. I'm going on a trip. That's what I want to do. And, um, you know, that's how it looks for me. But I just, sometimes I, I feel, I feel the pressure and I feel it for my girlfriends, like my friends who have, um, who have children who might have separated parents. I have a friend who like, she's from a separated family and so is her husband. And so they have to do four. They have to do hit four Christmases. They have to get that many gifts. They have to see that many people. And it's like, it's, it's just, it's enough pressure. It's enough. Like it's, and it's like show everyone you love them by spending this much time with them and bringing this stuff and cooking these things and buying these gifts. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I just, again, want to return to, please just enjoy not having to work. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to return to love when we come back after this break and to a calm approach to how to prepare for your holidays. And also just a quick reminder here before we go to break, it's not too late to get an advent calendar. (laughs) Only the 5th of December. You can eat all five days and get caught up. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Welcome back to the Jan Arden Podcast. Adam. Karsh, Caitlin Green, we're here. Um, I th- it's a little early to start, you know, really pounding Christmas, but I think this month we're going to dedicate to Christmas things with a few other unrelated stories. But for the most part, I feel like we deserve to talk about eating the holidays, drinking stuff, watching our favorite television shows over and over again. And just celebrating being alive, yeah, right? Yes. Absolutely. So a- screw it. We're not. We're not going to. This is not a self help show, folks. So if you <laughs> inadvertently stumbled across us thinking that we're going to help you with your finances, with your relationships, with your career choices, you can forget it, right, guy? <laughs> yeah, right. we have no idea what we're doing, but we do <laughs> like food and fun. Yes. We. Food and fun, and three people can't be wrong. That's right. <laughs> um, Adam regaled us on our short break with the song that he wrote. I didn't know he was a songwriter. The man never ceases to amaze me. Adam, uh, you wrote a song for your children. You, you, you guys are Jewish. Yep. 
you know, it's a quandary. Do I celebrate Christmas with my Jewish children? I'm sure you guys go through it year after year. They love Christmas. Because all their friends, all their yep. non-Jewish friends are getting stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're super jealous. So share with us your song you wrote. Well, the song I wrote it um, December 24th, because I have dated December 24th, 2018. <laughs> That's when I wrote this song. And it's a parody. Okay. It's a cute parody. This is not serious. We would never have known that. <laughs> Thank God you practiced telling us that it was not real. <laughs> it's a real song, but it's not a serious song. And it's called right. We Don't Get to Celebrate Christmas. That's the name oh, of the song. Lord. And the chorus, okay. I won't, I can send you all the lyrics because it's kind of silly, but. Well, Caitlin said best. <laughs> so don't, bore, don't bore us, get to the chorus. <laughs> so here's the chorus. We get nothing. We don't get a thing. Ain't no presents because Santa didn't bring. Don't see no pretty tree or stockings hung with care. Being a Jew on Christmas, well, it's not fair. I love it. <laughs> I, why that isn't going to be destined for, oh, yes. You should sing. I could send I, you all the lyrics. There's a whole. It, it needs a bit of jingle bells. Yeah. And, and you know what? You'll sing it once and then a choir of like 40 children that were minors like in 1207 <laughs> will come on and then they'll repeat the chorus and sing it we need a back like we need a backing chorus of kids singing being a jew at christmas is not fair because I, I that has to happen and yeah. we, i want like festive horns yeah i think this should get like the full darling love treatment how she would sing her special every year on david letterman i would love that i, I will text you guys the whole there's like full of choruses and verses and it's, it's a whole song. So thank you. Can I ask you guys something? This is a little, it's still related to Christmas. What is a Yule log? I don't oh. know. I've heard of it. I've heard of it too. I always thought it was something you had on the fire, but now I don't know. Is it a log that burns for days during the winter solstice? I was just taking a stab at it. I can feel I'm, I feel you guys searching the internet oh, as I'm, yes. I'm going to yes. the Google. I got okay. it. The tradition of the Yule log began in Norway, where a giant log was hoisted onto the hearth to celebrate the return of the sun each year. So there you go. That's how to make a Yule log. Hoisted on the So hearth would have been, so into the fire, the log would yeah. go. Mm -hmm. And it would just burn. And it would burn. And it says, in this time of darkness, we pause on the solstice and realize that something wonderful is happening. It's usually around December 21st, unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere. That marks the time when the sun starts to return and the days begin to get longer. So you... Praise God. Yeah, exactly. So you hoist a Yule log up onto the hearth in your home. And is there anything better than thinking back to when your kitchen had just like a big open fireplace going? Anyways, and you can see there's like images of it. And yes, I'm looking. Ooh. I mean, aesthetically, Scandinavians nail most things, but they really know Christmas. Like a Scandinavian, like a Scandinavian Christmas, it is cozy, it is beautiful looking, and I just, I don't know. Like we're we're a northern cold country, and we haven't really figured out style the way they have, and how to handle winter and make winter look good. But yeah, that's where the Yule log comes from. Neat. Well, it says here what I've just looked up. The log can burn for 12 days, but they feast until the log burns out. Wow. I'm going to just Yule. I'm going to Yule it this year. <laughs> you should do that. All those trees are down in Bragg Creek. Just hoist one into your hearth. 
the Norse people believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year. Okay. Now we are rambling into very strange... Human traditions quickly go into unhealthy superstition. Like, it doesn't take us long to go there as a, as a people. But I, I think this, is, this sounds very nice. Not to be confused with the Christmas cake, the Yule log. That's like the roll, the like chocolate roll with the cream filling. That's what I was picturing. Yeah, that's delicious and not at all what we're talking about. But <laughs> I just want to mention it as well. Yeah, no, who doesn't like a... a, a- chocolate rolled up cream log mm, best you know uh, listen i i'm telling you there are no end to the things that you can learn from the internet i'm not even well i i feel compelled to keep reading this about yule um it was a celebration in most areas of europe the yule didn't say christmas most cattle were slaughtered so they wouldn't have to feed them during the winter oh, okay. It does make sense. And then they would be able to freeze the meat for the most part. It would just kind of get chucked into the snow. Honey, go grab some chops <laughs> from the snowbank and bring it in. Well, that does make yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. You're not feeding yet you can store your food. And probably a lot of salt curing, I would imagine, is going on as well. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And from having been to parts of Scandinavia. Didn't they trade in salt? Wasn't salt like basically currency back in the day? Mm -hmm. Listen to the thing you are learning on this podcast. (laughs) There are so many of you that had no idea what a Yule log was and that you could eat for the entire 12 days (laughs) of Yule. Listen to three people with ADD really just (laughs) go deep. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, as you go through, now that I've opened up the internet and I'm looking at all these things, Scandinavia, everyone had their winter Mm -hmm. festivals. Christmas looks like it was fairly European and based around the birth of Jesus. So there's that religious thing. But in a lot of these countries, a lot of these areas of the world, it was really an agricultural, um, seasonal thing that really didn't have much to do with with Jesus by the looks of it. In in Rome, there was something called Saturnalia and it was a holiday in honor of Saturn. And it was in December. Uh, it was the God of agriculture was celebrated leading up to, so it's definitely winter solstice. Yeah. A lot of it is to do with light, I think as well. Cause like, you know, that's the fe- Hanukkah is the festival of lights. So is Diwali, right. which is the festival of lights. It's kind of like the Hindu, I think, version of, of Christmas in that way. Although it happens in November, but I think a lot of it is just recognizing that it is dark. The days are shorter and we need something to look forward to, whether that's a big meal or a bunch of lights. Oh, the Romans were so nice for that month. The enslaved people were given temporary freedom and treated as equals. What? They did that for a oh. month and then just took it back away again. Then they went back to life as usual. Talk about gaslighting. That's brutal. <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even really know what to say. Oh my gosh. And they so they sounded so proud of themselves. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. This is when I return to if we think that we have it bad now, all you have to do is go back a little teeny tiny bit into world history and realize, oh yeah. Even though it might not be great today, it's definitely way better than it was. For sure. There was a lot of gods born on the December the 25th. It was also Mithra's birthday. Another uh, Roman god, uh, the god of unconquerable sun. 
Uh, and it was believed that Mithra, an infant god, was born of a rock. Wait a minute. So there Mithra, you go. Mithra, the god of the like untamable sun, is that what it, it is? The unconquerable sun. sun. An infant god of the unconquerable sun. It sounds like a metal band. Mithra is badass. <laughs> I love it. Mithra was a band. Yeah. <laughs> Mithra was a band. See, now I've learned something. <laughs> You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. We'll be right back. It's the most beautiful time of the year. Lights fill the streets, spreading so much cheer. I should be playing in the winter snow, but I'ma be under the mistletoe. Welcome back. Jan Arden Podcast, Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. I would be remiss if I did not mention the new Bieber balls, Bieber bits. Tim oh. Bieber bite. Yes. Tim Biebs, right? Sorry. Knew it was something in there. Delicious flavors, I must say. Um, and Justin Bieber... What a change, of course, for this young man to be lending his name and his, his voice, his, his fabulous fame to Tim Hortons. And I'm just wondering, what did this cost them? A fortune. A dang fortune. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cost them. Cost them a lot. Although here's something that was pointed out on Twitter, which I completely agree with. And it's from someone I follow, longtime radio host here in Toronto called Mastermind. And he commented on the name of them. And he said that he thought it was a missed opportunity to call them Bieber Bits or Just Tim Bits or Just Tin Bits. Oh. You know, I feel like that sounds better than Tim Beeps. Like, I'm, yes. I'm with him on this. Just, yeah. tin, just Tin Bits or Just Tim Bits. Yes, that's better. Just Tin Bits. Yeah, yeah. it's good. I th- I'm like, I don't know. That's the only thing I'll say. Tim Beebs doesn't roll off the tongue. That was at the marketing meeting. They should have. They didn't. Uh, they're great loss. Um, I was just trying to think of what other celebrities might be great for the Tim Bits uh, franchise. But yeah, Justin Bieber, what a big, what a big deal. And apparently they are selling like effing crazy. Mm-hmm. They cannot keep them in any store. Mm-hmm. There's three flavors. So the Justin Bieber bits are Biebs bits. There you go. That well, no, nope. that's that's a little lewd. <laughs> Biebs bits. Beep balls. Nope. nope. <laughs> Just further and further away. Anyway, they can't. The ones that you buy, there's three flavors. So there's the ten, the twenty, the fifty pack, or whatever. But they're selling out. So people are going in at like ten o'clock in the morning, and they're gone. What is happening? Well, it's any any sort of like fandom, you know, is just instantly, you know, that's why it makes so much sense for these companies to align with a celebrity because their fans will line up and will obsess over this and do whatever it takes to get the merchandise or the food or whatever it is. So as much as it probably cost them a fortune, it makes good sense because people, you know, the believers are going to do whatever it takes to get their hands on this product. I'm a believer and I believe it if I try. Well, there's also a whole line of merch. There's like fanny packs and like all yeah. that stuff. So that was selling out too. And there's merch that goes along with the Bieber oh yeah, bits? there's Tim Beebs merch. And Kanye West, for example, you know, you might think, oh, it costs like a couple hundred bucks to go see his shows. So he must be making a lot of money off tour. Where he's really making the money is the merch. His, you know, each show might have like a, maybe there's a collector's edition tour, a collector's edition tour concert or tour t-shirt. I can't talk. And that's where he makes all of his money. He makes more money off of his merch than he does off of actual ticket sales. 
And so I think that's where I think that's where the big dollars are for celebs these days. That's why Rihanna's not making any music. She's making lingerie and makeup instead because there's more money in it. I don't know. I I guess it's just the way things are now. I mean, they talk about Oprah's favorite things at Christmas time that she releases a list of things that she may or may not have enjoyed over the course of a year. I don't know. Is it, are they, are people paying in to be on? I mean, we really don't know what this list is and how it's configured. I'd like to think that it's actually stuff she likes, but I'm telling you that stuff sells out. It's a guarantee that and the Kardashians, you get the Kardashians involved in anything. I can't even believe we're giving them even more (laughs) airtime, but if they wave their magic wand over and imagine they get sent everything in the world, guys. They get sent yeah. every product in the world, every Gucci bag, every Chanel lip balms, eyelash curler. And if they mention it, which is, I guess, what all these people hope. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Avon. <laughs> we love your, we love the bath balls. That's good. Then all of a sudden, they're selling out of I mean, everything. With the Kardashians, what I'll say is at least they're doing it and getting paid. Don't you find it weird when like regular people you know have decided that they should go for that Instagram like influencer vibe on their own socials and it'll yep. be something as simple as they get like a free package of hot chocolate and all of a sudden they're like, hey guys. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not an influencer. I don't want to watch a regular person play influencer cosplay. It's bumming yep. me out. <laughs> so at least with the Kardashians, I'm like, okay, this is a legit business for these women. They have made hundreds of millions of dollars and they've made a lot of money for other people too. So with them, I'm like, all right, well, you know what? You're business people. Just regular sad old average Joes are going online and they're just doing all this stuff. And it's like, that's the part that it has, it has like trickled down and poisoned everyone's brains into thinking that you're going to become a Kardashian that way. Uh Uh-uh, not going to happen. Well, I I still am just really perplexed by the the Bieber stuff with Tim Hortons. I, I think... It's such a wholesome, family-oriented brand that, you know, and, and we look at his turmoil really over the last, not the last few years, yeah. he's been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's, he's admittedly a reborn Christian and, you know, married his, his pal, the, his Haley, what's her name? Baldwin mm-hmm. Haley, who's like a reasonable person and they're oh, yeah. still together. And, you know, he's very, he really has turned a corner. So if finding Jesus does that for people, then amen. The real question is, what would the Jan Arden product be, if, if not Timbits? Well, t- Tim Hortons doesn't do anything vegan. There's nothing there that I can eat. Probably a bagel okay. with nothing on it. But really, at the end of the day, I don't even know if Tim Hortons offers any kind of plant milk with their coffee. Like, I don't think you can order a double-double with um, anything but homogenized milk or cream. I've never gone in there. there I haven't gone there for quite a long time just because I know I, I like uh, milk in my mm-hmm. tea even, like oat, mm-hmm. oat milk or almond milk, and I, I don't mm-hmm. think they have it. So there's zero there. They have not in any way, shape, or form uh, gone into that world. They did try, You know what? Now I'm lying. They try to Beyond Meat breakfast right. sausage but it was so bizarre because they offered it with cheddar cheese and an egg yeah, on right it. 
So it sort of defeat, but they did try it and they took it off the menu. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, you can't set it up that way because anyone that's doing that mm-hmm. kind of a diet or that kind of a lifestyle. Because if I had to think of products for you, I would have thought like anything vegan, obviously, if you partnered with like a vegan company and did like a, say it was a vegan meatball and you did like Jan's balls, <laughs> people would love it. They'd be all over it, I think. Or I don't know, really great line of like, you know, comfortable like hoodies. Like you always have a cozy hoodie on. And if it was like a hoodie that was like, you know, very going towards a good cause, maybe there's a portion going towards charity. If there was an altruistic like vibe in there for you, I think that would be great. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I would love that. I would love to do something with Subway. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I could come up with such a, even if like Subway and Veal Life, the cheese that I just love so much, that cheese company. And we are not say, paid by VO Life, folks. We don't know. Uh, they're, they're just so fantastic. But if Subway could do like like some really great veggies or uh, a meatball sub with uh, either Gardein mm. or Eves or Beyond. I would do a Beyond meatball sub at Subway in a heartbeat. And or, or just vegetables with anyway. Sorry. Adam's <laughs> winding us up. Uh, we would have had more time had we not done <laughs> that was it. Song. <laughs> Sorry about that. This is the month of December. It's the fifth. It's the fifth. Uh, go get an advent calendar. They have Harry Potter calendars. They have beer advent calendars. They have um, they have beauty calendars that you can do a product. They have coffee advent calendars. They have uh, a lot friends a friends calendar. They have a love life advent calendar. Anyway, <laughs> I want to go on and on. I love that Adam wrapped us in the gym was like, and now a list of advent calendars. <laughs> I don't care. Do what you want. Go get the advent calendar. Eat the first five days and then let's catch okay. up and we'll talk next week. You're listening to Caitlin and Adam and Jan. Uh, and uh, it's the Jan Arden podcast. Merry pre-Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Uh, totally do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.